Uh, what's up, guys? We got another amazing episode of the Cymatic Show today. Today we have Symbolic One, also known as S One. How's it going, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. Glad to be glad to be here, man. Appreciate you, man. Um, dude, it's uh, always exciting. Like I was saying before, just getting those people who have real stories and stuff and doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they got big just for making some Instagram videos mm-hmm. or some shit like that, like actual reputable experiences mm-hmm. and stuff that I think that has a lot more value, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Than somebody who might just be randomly making videos. And, and for you, I mean, your credits list goes on and on. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm also excited to talk about the book. Yes, yes, man. My new book, Pray, Focus, Plan, Execute, a memoir by S1, who is me, of course. There's how many producers uh, doing stuff like this? Uh, man, I hadn't seen very many. Like I, I've read, like of course, like Timberlands and mm-hmm. and um, dang, hasn't been many producers. I don't think. No, they're not even thinking about yeah, this. Kind of I shit. mean, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm surprised that I even wrote a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to real quick just give a quick hash of uh, some of your production credits? Because I mean, you guys who don't know S1, you guys are about to be fucking. Should be listening up because you know he's got a crazy <laughs> rap sheet here. Yeah, I've I've worked with so many different people in the industry from Kanye West. Uh, I did like Power and Guilt Trip, uh, Watch the Throne. I did uh, Murder to Excellence. Um, I've done records for Beyonce and Gladys Knight, Madonna, uh, Drake, Lil Uzi, um, Common, uh, man. Eminem. Eminem, yeah. Eminem, man, of course. Uh, the, the list just goes on and on. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Congratulations man, to your appreciate success. appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. I mean, not many people get to like that. I mean, everybody is fighting for placements, trying to get in the game, and you're over here just wreaking havoc, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, over, it's been over a long period of time. You know, I started back in um, pursuing my dream. I started back in 94. So that kind of tells you, like, how long I've been at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, we're now in 2020, so it, it's been a long road. But you know, uh, it was it was just a um, a, a road of um, being persistent and just never giving up on on what I what I felt was real and what I felt that I should be doing. So you guys started in '94. Yeah. So, so when was it that you actually saw like any sort of success with music? Like, how long did you have to go at it before? You started seeing something. Yeah, well, um, well, like the 94 to 90, I would say 94 to 98 was merely just uh, me finding out about, you know, trying to learn to produce and the art of production. And um, that was my learning stage, you know, just honing in my craft and seeing what production uh, gear that people were using to make beats. And um, really just dialing in that and just putting that 10,000 hours to be good enough to be able to even able to compete on a level of being a producer, you know. So um, but then after that, I think it was creating. Uh, I created a group. Me and my cousin created a group called Strange Fruit Project. Mm-hmm. And it was with that group. Uh, we put this group out independently, an album out independently. And that began to have like all these little small successes. And uh, within that process as well, um, People be, start to become fans, and we start to tour the world, and and even uh, after that, people that we respected in the game, from like Questlove, became a fan of the group. He passed the the CD along to Erica Badu, and she passed the CD along to different people. So, so that was like our first, or my first, yeah, my my first of 
seeing like fa- seeing a bunch of small successes and those small successes taking me from one point to the next. You know, so every everything that I was doing and every success that I was making, it was just and how many years it was did just you step. release that album? Uh, that was back After in two thousand and three. Okay, so you were already at it for yeah. A minute. So it's uh, that I was out. I was at it for a minute prior to that. Yeah, damn, yeah. you've been in the game a long time. A long. time, I was time, born bro. in ninety three. You were you were Are getting you serious? yeah. You were getting started. I was oh. I was I was a baby. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Pooping in diapers. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's been a long road, man, and just just you know just being persistent and just never giving up on my dreams because I always felt like this was what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, and I had a lot of uh, failures and disappointments within that that process, Mm -hmm. but it was me pushing through those and realizing that those failures were actually making me better and they were making me stronger because every time I would have a rejection or a failure, I would just go back to the lab and just work. Kind of get inspired Yeah, and get inspired from it. And and, uh, while doing that, I was actually growing. And I was evolving as a producer, not only as a producer, but as a person as well. Mm-hmm. And that was just taking me on, uh, you know, just I was just elevating in all aspects of, of production and my life. Did, did you have a um, um, did you have a mentor going through this whole process or um, were you just learning on your own? Yeah. So I was, I was mostly I was just learning on my own. Um, but I always say my mentors were from afar. So I would. Um, like one of the things that I love to do during that process of trying to figure things out and pursue my 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 dream was read other people's stories. You know, I would I would buy Scratch magazine and Source magazine and XXL, and these were my tools to be able to read other people's story and always have hope. Because within those stories, within me reading those stories, I would always see that number one, these people were no different from from me. You know, uh, and then also within these stories, I would see that they would have certain unexpected moments that would happen, whether it be, um, you know, oh, I sent uh, I ran into this person who knew this person who gave my beat CD to this person. And and it turned into getting the single for a person. So everything was always random and unexpected, Mm -hmm. which also gave me hope because it's like at any given moment, anything can happen at any given moment. You know, for me. So those type of things kept me motivated and inspired to just continue. Dude, I, I'm the same way. I love stories. Like when I read books a lot of times, I, I don't always like somebody telling me, do this and you'll be successful. I like mm-hmm. hearing stories. I like hearing actual stories. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially autobiographies where that writer yeah. is a person who is going through yeah. the shit. Because like even like uh, Made in America. I don't know if you read that book by Sam Walton. How he I started haven't. Walmart. I mean, the dude was just a broke random dude. And talk about massive patience to build Walmart. And oh, he I'm was sure. Just, he started as a little corner store that sold like five cent items or something like that. Wow. But just the way he like slowly built and then just seeing people, because I, I read a lot of stories mm-hmm. like that, seeing how long it took them. Yes. That's one thing that's helped me a lot because it just, it, it, me and Drew are like, dude, we're just having fun. We're just getting started. Yeah. Like, let's take the next 10 years to just really hone our craft, you know, yeah. and, 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 and be patient. And, and just to, just to uh, build on that, like, that's one thing too. I had to figure out, how to love the process, you know, because mm-hmm. without that, like there's so much frustration into trying to 
make an idea or make an idea become a re- reality. You know, um, so I had to learn how to love the process and just love what I do. And even till this day, I always sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the certain things. And you have to be like, yo, if, if it's not fun, then it's probably not aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing on my purpose. Yeah, 100 percent, man. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, what do you think about some of these producers who've been doing it a year and they're already trying to get their career rolling in terms of making money? Uh, selling beats when they're a year into it, which I think is kind of silly. Man, I think there's, I think there's a lot more learning. Um, uh, personally, I always say that. So it took me about fourteen, about fourteen years to get to my life changing moment, and that's me from the start of me uh, pursuing my dream to getting to the situation where I produce or co-produce Power for Kanye. You know, so about fourteen years. But I always say if that situation would have came sooner maybe like five years sooner, I wouldn't have been able to sustain that moment from 2010 up until now because there were some things that I would have missed out on that I needed to be able to sustain uh, my career. Probably mindset-wise especially. Mindset-wise. Oh, but bro, mindset is everything. Dude, no, I love that. You want yeah. to talk about that moment with Kanye about kind of having that breakthrough moment? Um, yeah, we're, I think it's an amazing story. Um, yeah, yeah. So... So the way my music was introduced to Kanye was through uh, my good friend Rhymefest, mm-hmm. and for you don't for you that don't know Rhymefest, he's a, a very uh, he's a prolific songwriter, and he's written uh, he co-wrote Jesus Walks with Kanye, and he wrote um, he co-wrote Glory with Common and John Legend, you know, mm-hmm. run a, won an Academy Award for that. Uh, but so I was working with him, and uh, there was this one situation while I was working with him. To where uh, I sent him some beats, and he he loved these four beats that I had sent him, and he hit me up and he was like, "Yo, I love these four beats that you sent me, but I'm at the end of my budget. I can pay you for two of them. Uh, would you mind giving me the other two? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what he said. So um, I I was like, I'm I'm cool with it because at that moment I was still trying to get my name as as a producer out as a producer, and I was uh, a fan of Ryan Fest. So I was like, "Yo." Pay me for those two beats, and I'll give you the other two. And I did that really with no expectation of of anything. But a couple of months later, he hits me up, and he's like, yo, send me some joints over. I'll be in the studio with Kanye, and if I get the opportunity, I'll try to uh, play some joints for him. So I I shot him those beats, and a couple of weeks later, I randomly get a text from Ron Fest, and the text said, uh, Kanye is loving your stuff. He said he's about to change your life. You know, so I'm Damn. reading this text like, yo, like, what does this mean? You know, uh, so, yeah. And a couple, a couple of days later, I'm actually on a plane uh, to work with Kanye. Damn. Just like that. Was that a crazy moment? It getting... was a crazy moment, man. Did you even believe it? Like getting on the plane? No, I, I really didn't. Because prior to that, and I actually speak about this in my book in a chapter called No Failure, No Fuel. Uh, prior to that, there was... A few situations where I thought that was going to be my breakout moment. Mm -hmm. And it was me having uh, songs with these artists. And I was like, yo, this is it. This is the the joints of the projects that's going to take my career to the next level. And every single single one of those situations fell through. Uh, So I was very discouraged, but not knowing that, uh, like, God was already preparing, like, this situation for me unexpectedly. You know, uh, saying that, okay, this didn't happen, but I got something better for you. 
you know, so it was one of those moments of like, yo, how is this, like, how is this even happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those random moments you were talking about. It's a about. random moment, man. So, so I'm, I'm curious about this story. All right. So you get called out, uh, mm-hmm. you, now you're flying out. So what, what are yep. you going out to do? Exactly. Uh, so I'm going out to, uh, pretty much just work with Kanye, uh, in that flight, that six hour flight to Hawaii was, um, was he in Hawaii working at the time? Yeah, he was. He was. He was in Hawaii working at the time, but that six-hour flight, man, was it was so many things running to, through my head. Like, yo, what is it gonna be like to work with them? Like, kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah, right? it was very nerve-wracking because it's like, what's going on? Because everything started to happen so fast at that moment, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was on that flight, and I, you know, I remember just saying a prayer and just thinking about like going through sounds and just trying to prep myself. For whatever, <laughs> for the unexpected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I get there, and uh, when I get to the studio, um, Ron Fest is in the room, and Kanye is in the room, and then the engineer. And uh, you know, uh, Ron Fest introduced us together, and first thing Kanye was like, "Man, I'm loving your beats. Like they're making me want to rap again." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, like that's, that's, that's a good thing that's you want to hear. That's from a great thing to hear." Yeah. yeah, he was like, "I already recorded to one of the joints, and we'll play it for you." So he his play. And uh, it's the power joint, and he's rapping on it. And mind you, like the the version I heard back then was like completely. It was like different verses. Mm-hmm. The chorus was completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beast, the beat hadn't had like uh, some more of the instrumentation added. So it was it was like raw. Um, but he was rapping on it, and I remember being in that moment, listening like, how did I end up in this room? And I can't believe Kanye is rapping over my beat. Like those were the two thoughts that I had. And I'm like, I kind of like blacked out and I didn't really hear anything after that how while he's you, playing how, it. How long were you out there for? Uh, I was out there for a week. Oh, so you just went Yeah, because after he played it and he was like, yo, I want you to hang out um, and help me work on this. Uh, I'm working on my new album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'd love for you to just hang out with us and, and just help me work on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. you know. And, and actually I wound up staying... A little more than a week because uh, at that at the end of the week, um, I was supposed to go home, and he was like, "Yo, you got to stay out. Like, I got Nicki Minaj coming through tonight." And then the next night, I was supposed to leave. He's like, "No, you got to stay. I got Rick Ross coming tonight." So he was just extending my stay, Damn. you know. Uh, but it was it was an amazing, um, surreal moment just being out there working on yeah. it, working on that album. Is is there anything you learned? I mean, obviously there is, but what's some stuff you learned from Kanye like what about his workflow or Oh man, he he's that impressed he's, you or he's one you? Of, he's one of the hardest workers I know like he doesn't sleep. Uh he'll get an hour in, and he's right back at it. So he would he would outwork anybody. He would have people coming into town, mm-hmm. different producers, songwriters, artists and um you know, we would be we would all go to the studio about 2 p.m every day and he would literally be the last one at the studio like like Damn, yeah yeah he would he would outwork everybody you know so so he's very passionate um the one thing i did learn about him is that uh in every situation of working on this album like it was always about the song so no matter who the idea came from or, you know, because we would have, he would have songs and he would have a few people working on different songs. Like, hey, take the Pro 2 session, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it. Mm-hmm. And just let people just do them on the song. And then he would take all those sessions and the best the best work would make the song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Whether it was okay, you put I like your pro I like your drums on this song. I'm gonna use that. Okay, your hook works better than this hook. Mm. You know, so he's pulling the best pieces that work no matter who it came from. Yeah. No, I think that's the natural evolution. I think, you know, I, I actually think that producers are a bit limited when they're just by themselves. Absolutely. And, and I, I just know that from cymatics and the way our team has expanded. Because, yeah. like, we have the luxury of, like, having all different kinds of stuff sent to us from mm -hmm. our worldwide producers or even in-house just bringing in all these people. It's like there's so much gold. Yeah. Bringing in some random person can add to your session that I think yeah. a lot of bedroom guys never even get to see. Yeah, you know collaboration is so important, man, mm -hmm. because... At that moment of collaborating, you're getting so many different perspectives on what that what that product or what that music should be, you know, or what that idea should become. Yeah. You know, so uh yeah, I I I, I champion the collaboration process. So were you doing music full time at that point? Um, I was. So I, I had quit my job, my corporate job about two years prior to that uh prior to the Kanye situation happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, I at the, that point, I had built enough. Uh, uh, my status had been built on the underground level, just uh -huh. working with different artists, and, you yeah, know, yeah. selling beats here, $200, $500, to where I was able to, you Not know, to pay rent. Money. Yeah, yeah. So so I had quit my co corporate job, you know, and um, was just looking for the thing to take my career to the next level. And that was that, so, that moment. So what, what, how did your career change after that point? Like what, what? What happened next? Um, it got it got really crazy. Um, so you know, at that moment, once power dropped, it was everybody just coming at me like crazy. Oh, yeah, saying. it was it was insane. It was it was actually overwhelming, very overwhelming. Um, but for instance, uh, I I got a call from every publisher, you know, Universal Publishing. Um, you know, just every every publishing company Everybody called me to fly me out to have a meeting with them. Damn. You know, so that and then your social media is going crazy. People tagging you. And uh, it was just crazy. It was just super crazy, man, at that moment. Um, and I remember, like, after that moment, after that official moment, like, I wind up signing um, – uh, as a producer to Kanye's Very Good Beats. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I was always with them, you know, whether it was London, Australia, New you York, or Hawaii. Yeah, I was just always with them, and I was learning from them, and then I was also just working and meeting new people. So it was all these moments that was building, you know, I was able to kind of build my career and build, uh, you know, something real, real relationships with people and, and, and real things that was able to uh, that I was able to utilize. Yeah, no, that's fucking yeah. super inspiring story, man. Um, crazy, right? Just out of no. So, so was there a big domino effect in terms of some of these other big names you're talking about? Like, how did the like, for example, working with Beyonce and stuff and Madonna? Like, did that sprout from that moment? Um. Yes and no. So, so for instance, the Watch the Throne did. For instance, so I was uh, I had I had did my deal with Kanye. The power power was out, and Kanye, he would always just hit me like, yo, S. And it would be so short notice, like, yo, S, we're flying out to London tomorrow. Uh, me and Jay going to start our album together. Can you come out? You know, So I would get emails like that from him. So I wound up going to London <coughs> and work on the Watch the Throne mm -hmm. uh, with him, and that's when I met Jay. And because Jay was there, Beyonce was there with him, so I met them at the same time. You know, And that was a moment because it's like, yo, this is... J and B in the same room. That's great. You know, so so yeah, starting that process and working on the Watch the Throne album, 
And then uh, after that, uh, we went to Australia to work on the album some more. Uh, and Beyonce was there. So so with her being there, I was able to build a relationship with her mm-hmm. and start creatively working on things with her. And then she wind up flying me out to uh, New York to work on her album, The Top of the Year. So everything was kind of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. But then um, that's that inner circle. But then outside, because of the power joint, uh, I was getting calls for other projects and other artists were hitting me up for things. So it was kind of like a collage between the two worlds. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing, man. Like, <laughs> like a, that's just, that's a hell of a run. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, definitely just inspired hearing how all the pieces of the puzzle just almost came together after yeah. this long journey. Yeah. What sounds like struggle, put in the line. Oh, of man. Work. So, so many. If that would have happened sooner, do you think you could have followed up like that? Like, let's say if it happened three years into your career. I don't think so. I don't think so. And like I say, because I I learned so much within that 14 years Mm -hmm. and having that rejection was everything because not only did it fuel me, it gave me a certain level of thick skin too, to know that, okay, rejection is just a part of it. But then also, how can I take these rejections and actually grow from it? And and how can these uh, rejections motivate me to uh, work harder and get better, and to be able to to to, to um, take this this moment and actually multiply it into multiple moments, you know. So that's that's really what that done. That that I I credit those failures so much in my my journey of getting me to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Super inspiring to hear. Is there a piece of advice you would give the producers out there? Because so many people are begging for that to yeah, happen to them. Yeah. Is there anything that producers can do? Because I know you said it's a bit random how it happened, but mm-hmm. like, uh, let's say somebody watching this, kind of a newer producer getting into it, is there any piece of advice you can give that person to set themselves up best for something like this maybe to happen? Um, I would say just work hard, and you have, to put, you have to put the time in your craft. I think that that's the main thing. Nothing, all the things that happen in the post, um, you can't really maximize that if you're not really good at what you do and really mm-hmm. understand what you do and putting that 10,000 hours in and really perfect your craft and your gift. You know, so I think that should be always be the, the, the priority. And then once you have that, people will gravitate towards that, mm-hmm. you know, because you're good at what you do. You know, so, um, so I would say that. And then in the process of getting there, you have to have patience. Um, you know, patience is that thing that... Uh, keeps it all together and just knowing that because I would tell myself that now understanding how patients work mm-hmm. and um, it's just knowing that um, nothing really happens until um, until God pushes the button for it to happen so it's like control what you can control and what you have control over which is putting the work in being consistent every day you know, applying principles, planting seeds every day, building relationships, those things you have control over. But when things actually happen, we have no control over that. So don't let that frustrate you within the process of trying to get there. No, that's, I think a lot of people need to hear that. <laughs> Straight out. No, um, that's amazing. Do you have a certain low point? Like, what was you, would you say during this journey, like one of the lowest moments that you felt like nothing was going to work and you almost maybe felt like quitting or something like that. Yeah, um, I actually speak about that in my memoir. It's a chapter called, uh, and I think I might have mentioned it a little earlier, but it's called No Failure, No Fuel. And uh, it, was a, it was a moment in my life to where I had these, um, I thought these certain 
um, placements that I was going to have or was projected to have was going to be my life changing moment to take my career to the next level. Uh, but those winding up, those wind up not happening for me, you know, so they happened back to back. Mm-hmm. And then in the process of that, I was dealing with a lot of personal things. You know, my marriage was in shambles and and I was dealing with a bunch of just inner demons. And um, <clears throat> that moment I had to really step back and reassess myself and really see, OK, I need to re- first rebuild myself. So I wouldn't do it. I, I kind of stopped doing music at that moment because I know I needed to rebuild myself, make sure that my marriage was back on point. And then after that, things just slowly start to get better. And then, boom, that's when the Kanye situation happened. Damn. Yeah. No, that's 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 awesome. Uh, no, that's really inspiring to hear. So uh, I, I heard you talk about how each chapter, because I haven't dove through it, the whole okay. thing yet, e- each chapter is like a story, essentially, yeah. that you've had in your career. Is there a certain chapter that really is like, what, what would you say is your favorite chapter and favorite story? Because I want you to tell it, you know, your version of it here. Oh. Like one of these. I would say uh, either a ch- chapter called um, Interbaduism uh-huh. or the Beyonce chapter called Bee Stings. Let's talk about Bee Stings. I'll okay. Yeah, let's talk about Bee Stings. Yeah, so so uh, so Bee, Bee Stings is a chapter of how the whole me working on the four album uh, with Beyonce came about. And like I was saying, I, I met Beyonce uh, working with Jay and Kanye on the Watch the Throne album. Mm-hmm. So when Bee flies me out to to New York at the top of the year. I get there and um, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got these beats already for, I'm about to play these beats, you know? So I I start playing her beats and I get about maybe three or four beats into um, this this session of playing her some beats. And then she stops me and she says, uh, well, she was like, well, I don't need any more beats for my album. And I'm like, okay, what am, what am, why am I here then? You know, if you don't need any more beats, you know. <laughs> she says, uh, I already recorded 75 songs for my album. And, you know, at that moment, just like just how you did that, that's how I felt. I was like, okay, there, at that moment, it was like, okay, there's no way I'm about to make this album. If she already has 75 songs, that's crazy I'm, I'm not. Yeah, songs it's crazy. It's super crazy. And, I, and that self-doubt immediately was a seed planted in my mind because I'm like, okay, she got 75 songs. I might as well just be out here, you know, and just work on stuff and just to say I worked with Beyonce. But she was like, she continued the conversation and she said, I have five songs that I love the songs, but I don't like the production on them. So I want you to take these five songs and rework them for me. So uh, so that was the goal for the week. I, I, I took those uh, Pro Tools sessions and I had my guy, Caleb Sean, who's an incredible uh, keyboardist with me. Um, so he, we, we locked in the room and we would work on these songs for her. And it was so much pressure, man. Like she would come in the room and be like, y'all done? Y'all done? And it's like, no, we're not done yet. And it was just so much pressure on trying to get these songs right and done. And um, uh, to fast forward a little bit, uh, so before the end of this week, she had these listening sessions. And in these listening sessions, she would have maybe like 20 people assembled and she would play the song. She had already narrowed it down to 25 songs. And within that 25 song, two of the songs that, that I had did was in that 25. Oh. So I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. Now, now I'm back thinking like, okay, I could possibly make this album. Uh, so two songs within this 25 song um, uh, uh, format. 
And so she plays the songs, and everybody has a scorecard within this writing session. I mean, within this uh, listening session. So they scored what's the best song? What do you think song should be? Singles? Uh, do you think this song should be on the album? Mm. So at the end of each listening session, the first listening session, uh, the song that uh, we had did was called "Best Thing I Never Had," and that was number two. Uh, out of the 25 songs in the next listening session it was number one so it's like oh snap we do have a chance so leave new york and i'm waiting for months not hearing nothing back from her team so i'm wondering like man did the song work the album i'm texting like tata who was working at rock nation at the time like yo because he was out there as well uh has she decided the track listing yet and he was like no she's still trying to decide and then maybe um, a couple of months later, he hits me. He calls me. He's like, "Yup, congratulations, you made the album." And I was like, "Oh snap!" And then he was. And then he continued and was like, "And you guys got the second single from the album." And I was like, "Wow!" This moment, it took me back to that moment of hearing I've already recorded seventy-five songs, uh-huh. and for me to have her single was like, "Okay, nothing is impossible." You know, you just have to push through it and you don't you never know how things will end up. You know, you just have to do your part, play your part. And like I was saying earlier, just control what you have control over. What was it like hearing that? It was I actually was driving at the moment. I stopped the car, got out the car to finish the phone call because my hands were shaking. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is this is a, a God moment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> congratulations, man. That's <laughs> I, mean, I can't imagine Beyonce coming in the room like I'm just trying to like work on stuff. Yeah, you know it was a pretty crazy story, man. And you know, of course, in the book, I get a little more detail with certain things that uh-huh. was happening, but that was the that was the uh, edited short the short edited version of it. No, that's amazing. I mean, that's that's why I'm excited to dive down and really read this whole thing because I'm <laughs> like, there's so many. Like it's really good when I have a podcast guest and mm. I'm like excited to hear. You that's know? dope, man. Because sometimes when I bring Appreciate people in that. and they're not necessarily like. I don't, I'm not going to say lower than us, but kind of like, okay, I kind of know a lot of shit you're mm-hmm. talking about. But you're like, the stories you're telling, man, they're, they're, they're really inspiring, you know. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, and, and, and really, the, the purpose for the whole book, man, was just to be able to, like, inspire people, man. I'm, I, I'm passionate about, I have a purpose of encouraging and inspiring and impacting people. So I felt like... You know, earlier when I was talking about me reading other people's story and them inspiring me and giving uh-huh. me hope, after reflecting back on all that I've been blessed to accomplish, I'm like, man, I can really help and inspire some people through my story. So that was like the whole reason for doing this book is just to be able to encourage and impact people, man. You know what's funny is that, like I said, when I was preparing for this, and I was watching every interview you had, YouTube <laughs> diving around, you know, digging, digging through YouTube, just mm-hmm. find little things. And as I start to watch and listen to you talk and stuff, I'm like, S1's fucking up. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got a crazy story. I'm like, dude, more people need to hear this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's why I, I was agree. excited. I, I, was agree. Like, I agree, man. I agree. I was like, man, this guy's a, a superstar here. We got we to gotta tell the story, you know? And, I sure appreciate And I knew that. instantly, I was like, okay, you know, some of the episodes, we might dive into specific productions. I was like, no, this guy needs to be telling stories. Man, I appreciate time, man. that, bro. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can find out what's the best compressor from the next, you know, mm-hmm. whatever YouTube channel, but you can't hear about fucking mm-hmm. Beyonce story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to hear about that kind of stuff. How do you balance yourself as a producer, as an entrepreneur versus the networking side? Like, how do you try to balance your time? Uh, well, time management is so important, man. And that's one of the things I had to learn 
along the way is how to balance my time, you know, having a business, having a career, having a family, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's hard sometimes. But I think it's with me personally, it's just a matter of taking each day and make sure that I'm allotting certain things for, for uh, you know, prioritizing my time for things certain days. So my Mondays may be straight just shooting content all day. Uh-huh. You know, my Tuesday may be my Tuesday and Wednesday may be okay. I need to work on these specific projects. You know, my Thursday may be something completely different. So it's just making sure that I allot certain times, and then also with family, it's like okay, making sure every day that you shut down at six or seven. You know, to be able to give family time and and you know, uh, my wife and my my, my son and and um, my parents and everybody. You know, so you have to allot. You have to be able to prioritize things. Do you think, like, organizing your life in this way has helped you make better music? Just, like, kind of giving yourself time to breathe? Yes, yes. I, I, I think that's important because um, actually me do, doing less music makes me excited about doing more music. You know, and what I mean by that is, like, when I was doing music all the time and that was all I was doing, mm-hmm. um, I was getting burnt out. And I think it's important for us to step away and have these moments of gaining inspiration from other things, you know. And it could be the simplest thing. It could be going to the park or going to the movies or, you know, just watching other inspiring movies or listening to other things. But just pu- really pulling yourself. And then because of that, I'm ready to dive back in and get back in the creative mode. Disney World did that for me recently. Really? I went to Disney World for the first time. And the way that they set up that park. Oh, it's amazing, to bro. To make money, give people this experience, bring this family. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, I'm just looking at animatronic stuff. Mm-hmm. And it changed me so much to the point to where that's why I was so excited about my live events. Wow. Because I'm like, okay, this these guys started as an animation company. And now has like animatronic fucking live experience where mm-hmm. they have, they essentially have their own city. Disney World, like it's so. It, so it is. It, it literally is their own city. They're the only. <laughs> they're the only people in America with their own power grid that they control. So it's crazy. So like just seeing Disney World go from animation to like mm. being able to build their own city that gives people this crazy experience, mm-hmm. made me go from a point of saying, okay, I'm running live events. Yeah, I'm doing speaking these little showcase nights, but mm-hmm. where could it go? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to have like an Apple like sound store. Yeah. It's like a guitar center mixed with Apple that you go in yeah. there and play with. Like like it kind of opens your eyes a bit to, Ab- to absolutely, potential. absolutely, and, and that's and that's one of the reasons why you have to step away and experience other things mm-hmm. because it's within those experiences that you gain new inspiration and you're able to uh, you know gather new ideas to implement within you know your own structure. Yeah, no, I definitely would say that's a big because yeah. a lot of the producers. When they're just looking at other producers or just looking at the music industry, a lot of times their marketing and branding is super fucking stale. Yeah. You know, I think I think other producers are great inspiration when it mm-hmm. comes to the actual music side, studying their mixes and all that kind of great stuff. But mm-hmm. sometimes, like what they post, and I'm like, dude, music guys aren't the best marketers. They're not the best yeah. social media people. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, that's one of the reasons that uh, we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you look at the music industry, not many people's doing this, but mm-hmm. we looked outside and saw mm-hmm. Joe Rogan's. We saw all of them, and people were just like, "I'm like, okay, there's a new format." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now that, that's that's super dope, man. Because, um, I mean, you have to you have to be able to step outside the bubble. You know, often we will live in, live in this this little bubble of like this is our world and this is all we know. But it's when you step outside that and do like the the things that's different mm-hmm. or unique. 
you know, and, and able to step outside that, that's usually when like the magic happens, Yeah. you know, just stepping outside of that and not being, you know, confined to this, this, this little world that we, we usually live in. Yeah. So, so where are you going now with your career? Like what, um, what's, what's the next plans, man? You're releasing a book, so not many people. Yeah. Yeah. So, like so, this. so my book is out now, um, uh, on my site, symbolicone.com, but also my eBooks is like Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple books, uh, Barnes and Nobles, you know, um, uh, I have a, a audio book coming in the next few weeks, so I'm excited about that. I, narr- that I, I narrated that, and so I hate when the authors don't narrate their own books because there's a certain <laughs> I feel, level. Yeah, of I felt I felt that that was important to yeah. have a connection. It yeah, because there's you a like the person way more. If you yeah, so I, I, re- I read the book, man, and then and then also my good friend Ronfest, he uh, narrated my uh, about the author. Mm-hmm. You know, so he narrated cool. that section. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. But really, man, just getting my story out, and not not even so focusing on my story, but just uh, just being able to um, inspire through my story and through my experiences. Like that's really what I'm excited about. And uh, I've been getting so much fee- great feedback, and people will hit me and be like, "Yo, I'm on." chapter 18 like this is where I'm at right now thank you for sharing this with me or yo chapter five like this really helped me because it's this is what I'm going through right now and that's what I that was the whole purpose for writing the book is to be able to help people through certain situations and just, and just give people hope like people need hope and people need to be encouraged you know yeah. we all need that at some points of our in our lives and careers yeah no I, I definitely agree and actually uh one thing I think would be cool for those of you guys listening to this um, if you go buy the book, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. First off, it's a nice book. I was giving them compliments on the <laughs> stuff. It feels good, you know. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you guys go buy the book and literally send support at cymatics.fm a screenshot of this, and uh, we'll hook you up with a free $25 gift card. Amazing. So just incentivize everybody should pick it up because there is, I mean, just listen to one of these stories. I mean, if you like this <laughs> podcast even slightly, I mean, this book has a lot of substance and it's probably the type of book that you can't write except for once every 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to like, just kind of in this chapter for me, like it was going into a new decade, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I wanted to really just be able to like, um, highlight a bunch of things that I've done, but not only that, but just highlight the process of what it took me to get to those moments, mm-hmm. you know, because a, a lot of times people will know like, oh, he produced this or produced that, but they don't know like the things I went through and the 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 uh, insecurities and the doubts that I went through to get to those moments. So I wanted to highlight that because I think people are inspired by not the achievement, but what I overcame within the process of getting to the achievement. So I wanted to make sure that I displayed what I overcame to get to those moments. Is there anything that you did on a, uh, cause just because you've been in the game so long, mm-hmm. I think to stay motivated, even, I mean, sometimes it's hard to stay motivated when you're having struggles, but even mm-hmm. when you're having success, you can mm-hmm. get bored. Oh, you know absolutely. Absolutely. So throughout that whole thing, was there any daily routines that maybe helped you, the stuff you did on a regular basis, whether it be mindset related that just helped you keep going? Yeah. Um, uh, about, I went through a situation about six months ago to where, man, I was, I, I had like a little down moment and it was like my career, I felt like my career was just right here and I was trying to get that, you know, that little jump mm-hmm. to, to, to next level. And it was like, now what? And I remember I had a session with uh, J. Cole and I was in the, I was in the, 
the session with J. Cole. And when I, in sessions, I like to, I love to ask questions mm -hmm. because I'm always wanting to learn, like, okay, if I'm going through something, like, this person is on this level, like, how is he handling this or whatever? So I asked Cole, I was like, yo, I was like, man, I just been, like, having anxiety and just trying to figure out my next move. And he was like, yo, I've been dealing with the same thing. And he's like, man, he was like, I kid you not, like a few months ago, I was like, okay, what's next for me? I felt like my, he said, I felt like my album had did this and I've accomplished so much, like what's next? And I felt like it was about to be my drop off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, really? You felt like that? And he was like, yeah. He was like, but then I went to Jay-Z's house for the first time, like a, a couple of weeks ago. And he say, by me going to his house and seeing how his life is set up, he was like, I ain't accomplished nothing. So that right there gave me a new level uh, and a new perspective on, uh, it gave me a new um, uh, level to hit, you know, and that really just inspired him. So I'm like, oh, that's crazy. You know, just to be able to see another situation and realize like, okay, I've accomplished this, but this is not the ceiling. Like, mm -hmm. you know, seeing somebody else's situation is like, okay, now the ceiling is here. So now let's start and see what we need to put in place to get to that point. Realizing you're not even close. You're not even close. Yeah. But in our minds, it's crazy how our minds work because we can we can think like that. But in reality, like, there is no ceiling. Like, we, we pretty much can go where to whatever level we want as long as we put the work and have the the right things in place to get us there. Dude, I love when I find those people. Oh, just man. Kinda like you just kind of like you just realize you're – like, like hanging out, you know, I love helping people. Like mm -hmm. I do a lot of consulting, just try to help people out. But when somebody like really schools me and I realize I'm out of my, like they're out of yeah. my league, that's like, I get so inspired. I'm like, fuck yes. You yes. Know I want to be like this person. Yeah. But, but even, even then it, it made me realize that no matter what level that you're on, you're going to have those moments. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sitting here thinking that, okay, what's my next level? You got J. Cole who is, you know, super celebrity, super um, you know, super legendary at this moment, I, I would call him legendary, uh, hip hop icon. Uh, and he's, he's thinking the same thing. So it just, it just kind of puts things in perspective. Like we all have these moments of going through certain things, but it's how we overcome those moments and how we, uh, you know, change our mindset of, of what we think, mm -hmm. you know, cause what we think is what we will eventually become or what we will eventually accomplish. Yeah. No, that's I think that's amazing. And and it's even if you get out of it, it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back. Yeah. And that's and that's one of the things I realized throughout my whole career is like no matter what level my career has been on, that seed has always came back. But it's it's known but after dealing with it so much, you realize that it's gonna come back and you know how to handle it and you know how to uh bounce back from it and really overcome it and, and use that to get you to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree, man. I, I mean, I have no, I don't like winning that much. Mm -hmm. Like when I when do something great or, you know, do a great product launch or whatever, it, it's kind of cool, you know, mm -hmm. but the thing I love is I love when I start at ground zero. Yeah. And like you can build. That's why I'm obsessed with the event business right now, because I've never done this. I'm like, wow, yeah. people are showing up. I'm like, I fill a room of a hundred people. I feel so accomplished. You yeah. Know? And some of the stuff on social media even what we've done or we, we just kind of had these certain milestones and now mm -hmm. we're like looking for the next thing. But my favorite thing is I love to start something like brand new. Like yeah, I spoke and, in front and, of and a, build it slowly. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think, I think it's, it's important to be able to build things slowly instead of having like this main, you know, you'll see people that, um, you know, 
that may have success like out the box. And at that moment, it's hard because you're not. Yeah, it can go faster than you than you receive it because you missed out on the things you learn as you're slowly growing. Yeah, you know, it's not that good to build a skyscraper in a couple of days. Yes, exactly. Yeah, come down. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that building slowly. Like, ninety nine percent of people won't even have a true idea of what you're talking about and mm. how important that is. Yeah, because you gotta have to experience a little bit of success or and you know get some sort of like wave to hit you to know that the slow thing, like me and Drew are taking things so much slower than we used to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm taking 2020. I'm like, man, if I come out with five new employees that are really amazing, I'm Mm -hmm. like, what an incredible year. Because I know how hard it is to find something like that. Or even the event thing, if I can steadily do the event stuff, you know, grow it. I'm like, I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Because I'm looking at like the 15 year window. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of newer producers, probably can't even understand something like that. Like, go mm-hmm. slow. Like, oh, I don't want to go slow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> everybody you know? wants to quit. Yeah. Everybody wants to quit, man. So, you know, there, there's there's power in um, receiving things over time. Yeah. You know, because then you're able to sustain it. 100%. You know, you know I, think, I think even what you're doing, if you would have wrote this book before all that shit happened, it would have been, your book would have been lame. Yeah. Before the Kanye, before there, the there would be no substance. Did. Exactly. There would know? be no substance. But you yeah. would have got to the point of writing the thing faster, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you would, it would be what it is. Yeah. You know, or even have now what's going to be probably a giant ripple effect, mm. you know, <laughs> even coming here doing stuff like this. Yeah, man. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm about to, I'm about to blow up the S1 brand. I'm like, dude, we got a lot of cool <laughs> shit here. We got to share. Yeah, you know bro. You, you've been given some gems. Like this guy has gave me within an hour. I've received so much information is like my brain is thinking like even yeah. this interview, like it's moments where my brain has been tick- ticking to where I'm not even concentrating sometime in. I've already been thinking I'm a, so I, I want to build a very very elite tour mm-hmm. that for the speaking side because I think that there's something magical you know mm-hmm. about if we had a room of 200 people listening mm-hmm. and I'm like S1's one of the guys that I have to bring out I'm yeah. just thinking that my yeah, bro. Like, dude this story I'm like either whether we're doing a panel or if you solo speak whatever makes you most comfortable I'm like dude I want to get I was like that kind of thing mingled with our events. I think people fucking love I, it. I definitely know? love it. And man, I have so many. I've been able to live so many different experiences, mm-hmm. and, and and just have I have so many stories. Like even writing this book, like there's so much that didn't make it because I had to kind of, you know, make, yeah, I want I want to make sure that it wasn't long, How long and drawn did it take out. You to write, the, write this thing because I, I want to write a book at a certain point. Yeah, it it but. took about two and a half to three years, but oh. but it wasn't like consistently just writing it. It was. Um, there were a lot of moments I quit during the process of writing like, the book. It. Yeah, because it was I had to get to a point to where, you know, like like my personality, I'm very low key behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it, I had to get to a point to where I could even become transparent enough to to uh, write some of this stuff, you know, and and because I wanted it to be authentic and I wanted it to be true to my story, but you know, to write about your insecurities and failures, like you have to be in, in a certain space to do that and to put it out there. That's what, that's, that's really what it is mm-hmm. publicly. Like, do I want people to know this, you know, but it was always in the process of writing it to where like, I would hear God's voice say, it's not about you. If you, if your purpose is to inspire and to motivate people, mm-hmm. people are only motivated to see by seeing what you overcame, not mm-hmm. by what you've done. 
you know, or what you've achieved. But there has to be like our lives have to have those dynamics of highs and lows because there has to be space for us to overcome something. You know, so those those moments in me hearing his voice would always get me back to writing. So like the six uh, about six months from completing, I really started to pray focus, you know, and that focus was was because it was like, okay, now I'm counseling sessions because I have to get this book done. And um, uh, and yeah, that's when I was was really able to like really dive in and as I and I started to become more inspired by writing certain things and stories mm-hmm. and stuff within that six months because it's like okay I, I really need to to get this completed yeah no I mean that's amazing do you want to talk real quick about the the title of the book because I mean you have pray focus plan execute yeah yeah so um so yeah the the title is pray focus plan execute and it's pretty uh self-explanatory like pray is a representation of um always acknowledging God for like all my accomplishments have nothing to do with me. It was all God aligning certain situations and putting me in certain rooms that I had no control over, mm-hmm. you know. So that's pray, just always having a conversation with God and then also having gratitude. You know, I think that's important is waking up every morning and just being excited about uh, another opportunity to to impact people and be great, you know. Uh, focus, kind of the same thing as what I was just saying, just being at a point to be able to cut out all the noise and anything in our environment or or in our atmosphere that's distracting us being able to block that out and only focus on the goal or mm-hmm. only focus on the dream you know that's very focus important hard. it's hard man especially yeah. now with so many different distractions and and um social media and 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 just just pro- just life problems period mm-hmm. you know so you have to get to that point to where you can only see your goal and nothing else matters but what yeah. matters for me i have to say no <laughs> that's the secret like secret for me to focus is not good ideas me and drew will come up with ideas all yeah. day. it's like find the shit that's like all right i gotta cut this yes I can't do this yeah you know? yeah um sweet what about planning? Um, yeah so planning is uh writing your map writing your life's map um i i developed over the last 20 years i developed the habit of always writing things down you know and always seeing or visualizing what i wanted to do and um uh just looking from from now, I could go back to old tablets that I've written things that I want to do or tasks or to-dos, and all of them, mostly all of them have came true, who I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's important for us to write, thing down, write things down because that's what makes it real at that I, moment. I, I wrote down, that's crazy that you say this, because <laughs> I was writing, I was journaling a lot maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. every morning, just writing my goals, writing my goals. And it was crazy because not only have I surpassed a lot, like about where cinematics is at, mm-hmm. where I'm at with my career, all that kind of stuff. I even had shit like the square footage of the house I wanted to buy oh, that's crazy. is almost identical to this house. That's crazy, man. Almost, it was off by like a hundred square feet or something. That's amazing. Like that. man. So vision boards, like me and my wife, we did vision boards and we oh, yeah. scratched our first two out. Now we're on the third one, you know. So I think that's important. I think we have to really be able to see things before they actually happen. You know, uh, and uh, I speak about that a lot in the book as well. Just moments to where, you know, even even after the Kanye situation with power, like me and my wife, we would have uh, times to where we would uh, 
go walk around the track just for just exercising. And we would have these conversations of like, man, you know, this, this could possibly lead to, you know, Jay-Z or working with Beyonce. And then that happened. And then yeah. we would speak about other things. And then, uh, you know, at over time, those would happen. So it's like there's so much power in what we say. So it's, it's all, about ha- all about having a positive mindset and being able to see things before they actually happen. Yeah, I think that's fucking great. Yeah. And then um and then execute. execute yeah. Execute is one of the most important things because you know, we can have all these ideas in our head, but if we don't work the plan and execute them, then they just they just will remain ideas or our dreams will just remain dreams. Like there has to be a certain uh action behind the things that we want to do. You know, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a believer and I believe in the scripture faith without works is dead. You know, so, you know, we can believe things all day, but if there's no action supporting it, then it just it just will of, remain an I've idea. I've had a lot of friends like that. Sometimes yeah. you got that friend that talks about all these ideas. Oh, I'm like, bro. just go fucking just do, do it, it, bro. Just do it, man. Stop I, telling I, know, me. I know so many people every year they tell me the same thing. Oh, I want to do this. I want to write a book. I want to do, you know, and then every year it's the same thing. And, and that's the thing that's mixing the execution part, the, uh-huh. the taking the action on these ideas. Because, you know, ideas don't, you know... Th- they have to, you have to breathe life into these ideas. And the only way to do that is to, to make them come true and work them, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, just, I, I mean, you know, you guys are prime examples of that because, you know, you, at one point you had, you were just telling me earlier before this podcast of how you had this idea and you failed times, but you had the idea, but you were steady working it uh-huh. until you say, oh, this worked. And then, it, and then you gradually started to work that and execute those ideas. And it became a thing to where, you know, you're, you're changing people's lives from it. You, you know, it's crazy. I've had that a couple of times. So starting with like when I was just going super hardcore production, Drew, mm-hmm. if you would have told me like, yo, I'm going to run a company back then, I'm like, what the fuck? Is yeah. that? You know what <laughs> like, what does that mean? Business. What's, <laughs> what the fuck is marketing? And then after learning about it, I was like, oh, this stuff's kind of cool. Yeah. And then after starting Cymatics, we're selling sample packs. If you would have then told me again, like, yo, you're also going to be doing like podcast live events. I'm like, what? We sell sample. Why are we doing yeah. that? You know, it's just crazy. And now I'm like, where's it going to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to like just be doing, I don't know, selling flip-flops one day. Yeah. You know what I'm no, saying? No, I, I'm I, like, I will let it go in any direction that this thing goes because I try not to be closed-minded about any idea because mm-hmm. I know that it could be something interesting down the road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and that... And, same thing with the book. Like, if you would have told me that you're going to be an author and have your first book, like, I wouldn't believe that back then, you yeah, know, because that, sl- that wasn't even a thought. Yeah, I'm about to have you talk in front of a room of thousand, straight <laughs> up, because I'm like, dude, this is, this is so much, I see so much potential yeah. just in your story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, bro. dude, what? Because, like, based on following you, like, like I said, I didn't know a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm seeing you work with some cool people. I'm like, I'm hearing good things. Mm-hmm. Even when I was talking to DCAP, he was saying good things. Yeah. But I still didn't know. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, oh, why is this missing from my info? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't I know all this cool shit? Mm-hmm. And then now, like, okay, I want to fucking, I, I want to take a little personal project and blow the personal brand up. A Man, bit let's do it, bro. Because I, I like to have cool stuff I can, I can for me, it's not mm-hmm. a money, it's not like, yo, give me, it's more like, can we do some cool shit? Just yeah, just because yeah, I yeah. like to have like when I can experiment with multiple brands and mm-hmm. all, you learn more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying absolutely. Uh, and you guys have done a great job, man. Like I was telling you earlier, I remember before I even know knew who uh, you guys were personally. It was like okay, Cymatics, um, and you know, investing in you guys' product, and then just to see the growth, and I'm like, oh, these guys are like the 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 level of growth is just consistent. 
you know, and then at that point, like I'm, I'm always interested in like how people, like people's stories. Mm-hmm. So that's when I start to do research. Like, who, who are these guys, and yeah. what do they do? Like, what was their process? And you know, that's that was that what gets me excited is knowing how people get from point A to point Z, and uh, and not even about the A and the Z, but all the the letters in between. That's that's what I you get know, excited. I, about. I, I gotta say, man, the the thank God for the internet, man. Yes. Like the internet has like changed. Like it allows, like I'm showing you the kid who does layups. Mm-hmm. We're talking oh, about that's the, crazy. Or the prison YouTubers who are talking about their time in prison, mm-hmm. but it's such an interesting YouTube channel. They can like, it's so like for us, even like sometimes I go to an event and like, I remember our LA event, um, me and Drew had pulled up. So, mm-hmm. so we pulled up to this event. There's 200 people in this line, mm-hmm. you know? And when we get out of the car, it's almost embarrassing because there's people cheering. I'm like, what the fuck are they cheering for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, sometimes it just blows my mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, because we're running like a, a just a sample pack, a production company, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to see that like because of the internet, yeah, so much options are now. Yeah. We can sit and shoot the shit for an hour yep. and it become a life-changing moment for a lot of people. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm just thankful for the internet. Yeah, you know, just to, it, it gives a, a, a platform to be able to have access to the world, you know, and access to, to real people. Do you think it's easier you know? these days? To do to to be successful because you're back in the day you're making connections but you're making connections in oh, the world yeah. like mine was having none of this shit existed. real connections yeah, yeah like I had to uh, get out to events and and you know at the moment after um, uh, creating my group it was like okay how can I take my production you know because at that point me being able to create a sound for my group was everything you know and I was able to build but it's like okay um, I don't want to be just known for just creating a sound for this group one sound I can do multiple things how can I be able to put myself out there to let people know that so that's when I started doing uh these producer showcases and the producer beat battles like I went through that phase of that's that scene for about three or four years Mm -hmm. and um that was a good thing because not only did it give me a platform to be able to showcase my music to a lot of people um at one time but also I was building like relationships with some executives and A&Rs and other mm. producers and and it and it really made me realize the importance of being able to network across and because when things start to happen for me uh I was people were able to easily bring me into other projects that they had you know they may have been just got hired at a label or you know um or a producer may have just got their first placement. It's like, yo, bring, and then vice versa. You know, I was able to bring people in certain things. So it was just that networking while we were all trying to build. Come up. Yeah, on, on the come up. And then once one of us was able to get in the door, we were able to pull each other through. No, that's, I think it's yeah. amazing to hear. I think a lot more people should take that approach. Yes. I think I see a lot of selfishness a lot. In, in the scene right now. And yeah. it's honestly something that just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm like, dude. Even people that give away free beats, I mean, you're, t- you know, the free beats you were given to mm-hmm. your buddy, which ended up leading you to the Kanye connection, was yeah. the domino effect. And people are scared to send somebody a free beat just because the rapper doesn't deserve it. I'm like, bro, yeah. who gives a fuck about what you think? Yeah. You should be, if you're a beat producer, somebody trying to sell beats, get placements and stuff, you should only be thinking about who you're giving it to. That's right. And trying yeah. to help their day. And I even tell people, fuck the royalty sometimes, fuck the everything, mm-hmm. and just try to make people happy. Yeah, if you aim with that kind of north star, the places it'll take your career, I think, are yeah, and, tremendous. And, and, and that's literally what happened to me in that moment. It was, uh, I, I got a quote in the book that says, "Be me being of service uh, 
to someone in need turned into a lifetime of fruitful blessings. Mm -hmm. So just think in that moment of Ronfest asking me for those two beats, uh, what if I would have said no? That would have eliminated the one thing that changed the course of my whole life and career, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it, that, that's, that's a pow- that was a powerful moment in the decision of being like, hey. Does that change how you think now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're looking for everything could be that moment. That could that be that moment, yeah. And it's, it's, not saying that, it's not saying give beats away to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is a case-by-case scenario. But, and there's, there's moments even now, if I feel good about it, it's like, yo, let's just, let's just do it because I have, I have a good feeling about this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been able to help artists, um, you know, when they were ground level. Um, for instance... Uh, this artist by the name of uh, Jaguar Twin, super dope. His, his name is Roy English, but his artist's name is Jaguar Twin. And I remember before he had anything, man, he would uh, he he hit me up on online and was like, "Yo, big fan of your work. Would love to work with you." And he wound up fly. I wound up like, "Yeah, let's just get in." So we he flew down to Dallas. We locked in for a week, and we we worked on music, but more so like we built a, a real relationship. And he was at a low. He had been homeless at times. And I didn't know at that point, like, I was helping him that much. But fast forward later, he gets a deal uh, with the company. And there he's working on his album. And they like, okay, um, who do you want to work on album? He's like, S1 has to executive produce my album. And it all came from just us building relationships and building a relationship. And he said, like, uh, in that moment, like, because I helped him when he was at his low, like, now he's able to pull me in and it's like, yo, I need you to do this because you helped me, you know. And it's like moments like that. That's the same. It was the same yeah. thing with Ron Fest, you know, the same thing. Like, he was, later on, he told me, because you helped me, I felt like I needed to bless, return the flavor and bless you, uh, yeah. be a blessing to you, you know. So you, you think about these moments and it's like, oh, just being of service to people in need, like, that can turn around because you – you start to notice a cycle of, okay, people at the top at some point they're gonna fall off, and the people at the bottom are gonna be at the top. So you just never know who, what level somebody's gonna be in the next year or and, two and, or five years. Are you expecting anything when you're giving? Or That's just... the difference with no expectation. I think when you expect it, the intent changes, mm-hmm. you know, because you're looking for something. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do for you, but I'm expecting you to do for me back. In those two situations, it's because I was not expecting that they felt like they needed to. Now, not everybody is going to feel that way. You know, there, there's, there's moments where you help people and they may get to the top and, and, and never come back and pull you up. And that's just the way it works. Not everybody shouldn't the be same. mad. You know, you shouldn't be mad. A- absolutely not. Absolutely. And, and if, you, if the intent is not to expect anything, then you, you won't be. Mm-hmm. You won't be mad. You won't be upset about that. But I think there's an importance of doing something for people with no expectation that could uh, turn around and work in your favor at the end. And you don't even know how it's going to happen. And you don't even know how it's going to happen. And it could be at the, the, the most random moment in your life, like when you're not expecting it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like karma. Yeah, know? absolutely. It's a very, very practical strategy. What, All right, you, guys. What, you, what you put out, you get back. Yeah, <laughs> this, this was a, a small taste of S1. And if you guys got any value, I would like 
pause this right now. Fuck the cinematic show. Go over to his website. Go pick it up because I mean, so much to learn. I think. Yeah, man. It, it, it's um and, and and you know just to break it down a little more. Like it's twenty one chapters, and each chapter is like you were saying a story, and it's a specific story in my life career. And uh, I, I tell the story, and then at the end of each chapter, I added a section called a reflective moment. Mm-hmm. And this mo- the reflective moment is me just giving my insight and my bird's eye view of the situation and really connecting the message with the personal experience. You know, so you get to actually get the message within the story yeah. in the reflective moment. No, I think that's amazing. And uh, yeah, don't forget, guys, if you buy this and just literally email support at SMX.fm, I'll hook you guys up with a $25 gift card uh, just to extra incentivize because I, I, I want everybody to go buy this book because appreciate I think more that. people need to hear your story for sure. Yeah, man. Other than that, man, I think this was one of the best episodes of the show. Man, bro, I appreciate you having me, man. I, 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 was- I love just being able to, um, you know, just be able to. Uh, inspire people, man, and and this was this gave me a really good platform to be able to inspire like other producers yeah. and and um you know just be able to impact. All right, very Boom. important. Great episode of the show. Yes, sir.